We believe that not just babies are born, mothers are born too. We're your hosts, Lara, a labor and delivery nurse and aspiring midwife, and Melissa, a mother and doula. Welcome to Mother Birth, a space for thought-provoking and inspirational conversations about birth and the deep exploration of what it means to become a mother. Hi everyone, thanks so much for listening to Mother Birth. On today's episode, we're going to talk with a mom who had two home births. If you've ever wondered why someone would choose home birth, this is the episode for you. We talk about how she came to the decision, how surprisingly different her second birth was from her first, and the all-important question, is it better to know what labor is like or better not to know? And don't miss our show notes on the blog where we share some important resources for considering home birth. All right, well, um, welcome to the show. It's Laura and Melissa here on Mother Birth. And today we have a guest that's very special to me, my friend Amber Christopher. Um, Amber and I have a unique relationship because we've known each other for a long time, went to college together. But then we actually rekindled our friendship when I was her doula. So um, Amber's going to share with us today a little bit about her birth experiences and being a mom. And welcome to the show. <laughs> Do you want to tell us just a little bit about yourself and then we'll dive into some questions? Sure. Um, like Laura said, my name is Amber Christopher and um, I, I'm a mom. I stay at home with them as of now. And I have two daughters. My oldest is four and a half and my youngest is 16 months. So, Okay, so pretty fresh with the younger one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and they're they're both girls you said yeah yeah okay so amber i wanted to talk to you a little bit we've talked on the show about pursuing different kinds of birth options in the hospital out of the hospital midwives and the like and i wanted to talk to you about the decisions that you made with your first birth with eleanor mm-hmm. and why you made this kind of like what motivated you to make those decisions yeah so i had my first and my second um, child at home. And, um, I think the decision to do that kind of comes from, um, just the context of my upbringing. So Mm -hmm. I grew up, um, in a home where you didn't go to the hospital unless, you know, you were dying or (laughs) you, you had a broken limb or something. Um, And I think, you know, my dad was a little extreme, but at the end of the day, I think it taught me some pretty positive things. And that one being um, that you can really trust your body and Mm. um, and that um, and it also taught me to take a lot of responsibility for my health and my body. So um, and then I also grew up on an island in the Puget Sound where. There's a lot of hippies and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, um, home birth was not like, it it definitely was something that I knew happened. And, um, a few of my friends' moms had home births. So it wasn't foreign, um, to me, but, um, yeah. And then just not growing up, going to the hospital very often. Um, it wasn't ever a place that felt very comfortable, I guess, for me, um, and usually when I went, I was pretty ill or, you know, I just, I just didn't love going, I guess. I don't think a lot of people love going, but <laughs> sure. I really didn't love going. Um, 
So when I found out I was pregnant, my first thought, despite my upbringing, was like, oh, no, I don't want to go to the hospital. Like, that was my (laughs) first thought was like, oh, I really would prefer not to do that. That doesn't sound ideal for me. I'm also um, a fairly private person. So, you know, at the hospital, they're, you know, asking lots of questions, doing a lot of things to you and all usually, you know, necessary and fine, but I never felt comfortable. So um, anyway, so I found out, yeah, I was pregnant and that was what I first thought. And then I slowly, you know, realized like, oh yeah, people, Daniel, my husband, his mom had both him and his sister at home. I was remembering like, oh, people can, you know, choose other options. So I did my research and um, when I discovered that it was a legitimate option to have an out-of-hospital birth for a low-risk um, candidate. Um, I really... And then after doing lots of research and realizing, like, oh, this is not only legitimate, but it's super beneficial if you are in a low-risk category. Yeah. Um, and it can be... Um, the stats just impressed me, I guess, mm-hmm. when I looked at... Alma, a birth center here in town, and some other birth centers, um, I was impressed by um, the results that they were getting, um, yeah. I guess, as far as having an uncomplicated natural birth, which is what I realized I ultimately wanted. Um, so, yeah, so when I saw that, that it was safe and had great results, I was like, sign me up, like, <laughs> you know, so... Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I came to my decision. And did you ever consider birthing at a birth center like Alma, or did you primarily just consider home birth? Um, no, I did. I mean, Alma is like super beautiful and like a bed and breakfast type mm-hmm. of experience, which <laughs> sounded sounded really nice. Um, our insurance didn't cover an out-of-hospital birth, so... Um, having a home birth is significantly less expensive. It's like half of what, um, a birth center birth would be though that though both are really inexpensive for what you get in my opinion. Um, but yeah, seeing as how we were paying out of pocket. Yeah. Um, and then in the end too, um, I really did like the idea of being at home. Like it Mm -hmm. felt the best to me. So Yeah. Did you have any pushback from people in your circle? Mm-hmm. It sounds like your husband and his family would be supportive. Were there any people yeah. that that weren't on board with that choice? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely like when I would tell people, just various variety of friends, they're like, their response was usually like, oh, oh, that's cool. You know, like you can, def- <laughs> you can definitely hear like you think – you know, I'm crazy. And, you know, and it was, you know, it's fine. Like it was, I, I, you know, I mean, because most people do have babies in, in the hospital, that's just the cultural norm. Um, I didn't really take too much offense to it. Um, and you know, actually Daniel's mom, though she had two births herself, she was nervous about me doing Mm. it surprisingly. (laughs) Um, and I, was shocked by that, that she did shock me. I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, you know, you, this is your thing. You did this. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and she was like, you know, 
like hours from a hospital, you know, yeah. whereas I was five minutes down the street. Right. It was legacy. So, you know, I'm just curious what her motivations for home birth were. Was, was it more philosophical or was it proximity to, to um, hospital? It was, it was more, um, I mean, I think, I think it was more sim- similar reasons to mine and that, you know, she felt like, um, she, I mean, she was a hippie back in the day, and I okay. think she just trusted her body, and she um, thought, you know, if there's no complications, then I'd rather be at home. Yeah. I think there so. is something, though, like, in that, so it's like she felt that way about herself, you know, at a different stage in her life. Yeah. Now she has kids, and her kids are having kids, and there's, there, there is, yeah. I think, yeah, for some people, there is that, well, why, I, I that's what I did for me, but I, w- I want you to do something different. Yeah, mm-hmm. and totally. Kind of almost like the way you are with your kids, you might be more sensitive to them being sick or them having yeah. needs. Like I think that that happens with as you with a grandkid. Yeah, yeah, as you kind of age and yep. yeah, totally. Yeah. And I grew yeah to understand that the more she talked to me about it and um, yeah, and she and she's by nature just a more super cautious person. So it was, it was surprising that she even had home births too, but. Yeah, a very different phase in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she came around and she understood, like, you know, my reasons and that I had super trustworthy midwives and, you know, that it was yeah. a very safe situation. So I want to ask you a little bit more about um, the care that you received and kind of what you thought was really great about it. Maybe maybe if you thought there were some drawbacks. Or... Mm-hmm. I've had a great, yeah, I had a great experience with my midwives, they, um, I really, um, have very little critique, if any, of the care that I got from them. You know, you spend an hour every time with them, you get to know them. I think that was huge too, is just really trusting them at the end of the day, um, that, that they would take care of me in a way that we were on the same page. And I liked that. I liked that I didn't have to I didn't really have a birth plan. I mean, I did, but like I didn't have to write one out because Mm -hmm. we were on the same page with each other. We trusted each other and we approached birth with the same mindset. So that was, it's really nice and ideal if every woman can have that. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think like maybe contrary to popular, popular belief, like out of hospital, midwives are very cautious um at least the ones that i interacted with and had experience with they're pretty i mean conservative and in some ways like um i think like i i had low platelets in my first pregnancy just um not because of anything really just because i have low platelets i guess when i'm not pregnant and then they get lower Mm -hmm. um when i'm pregnant and they like took that super seriously and it was it kind of produced anxiety in me obviously so maybe with I mean I don't know if that's a drawback or not but they I think they took it seriously because you know I was having an out-of-hospital birth and so yeah um, well they you know a good midwife is is really careful about making sure that they're Mm-hmm. that their patients stay, you know, that they remain in that low risk category because that's right. how they can, right. you know, really, obviously there's, there's, you know, risk management and the liability side of it, but there's also just the like, let's make sure this person gets yeah. the best care that they need. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think, you know, there was some roller coasters and um, I, I didn't love that. I remember it being mm-hmm. really hard. Um, I remember because they made you go see a doctor and go to a hospital did. and get an ultrasound. So. And that was really rough. It <laughs> right. was super rough to go. That's Yeah, I forgot about that. They did. They had mm-hmm. me consult with an OB at Legacy and he was, you know, wonderful. Um, but, you know, just even on the phone – you know, talking with them, they're they're just it's just such a contrast as far as approach of care goes. Yeah, a very like, different energy. Yeah, and I remember just crying on the phone and like being like, I don't know, I just need to think about these decisions because already I was faced with decisions. You know, just mm-hmm. even on the phone about um, the next step, and it was just uh, yeah, I rem- yeah, it was super different how. Yeah, just the model of care, I guess, or I don't know. Yeah. So at any point, were you considering changing models of care, or were you? was it pretty obvious that you could stick with the, the original plan? Um, yeah, I, I will. Yeah, I mean, after – there was a brief moment, you know, before I met with the doctor that I, that I did realize, like, wow, if, you know, if my platelets don't – go up a little bit like this I could end up in the hospital you know in a hospital Mm -hmm. situation um so there was it was short though it was a brief window like a couple weeks and then I met with him and he wasn't he wasn't concerned about the levels um so but that was something that they monitored until the end until she was born really Mm -hmm. and so it was just yeah it was like every Appointment. They drew my blood and checked my levels, and you know, you crossed it, your fingers and hoped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, I was eating so much like meat and bone broth and like all these things. <laughs> Good for you <laughs> to like keep them at the. And they just kind of maintained, you know, at the level they were. They didn't drop drastically, but they got close yeah. to the line. So it was. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was ended up being okay. It was fine, but yeah, yeah it is nerve wracking. I think for any woman that's pregnant, you know, but to go through it, to go through pregnancy and birth, yeah, it's hard to <coughs> consider that your body might be, you know, failing, even if just in some small way. Yeah, you know, right. the, you're you're pregnant, this is happening, but mm-hmm. in some way your body is not measuring up to, mm-hmm. you know, to the standard that, that it, that it, you feel like it should. And that obviously is being mm-hmm. told to you that it should. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I want to say too, um, with, um, kind of walking with Amber through that process as well as our doula, it was, about choosing to have a baby at home too. I remember just some of the like the almost funny practical things. Amber and her husband were living in a small apartment, yeah. and um, so I think a lot of people when they think of home birth, they're, they're thinking of like these people who have these ginormous homes with like, this. Yeah. You can be mm-hmm. outside in nature, and I feel like that's kind of like <laughs> it's like they lived in the middle of the city in a tiny apartment, and they had neighbors. And I remember us having conversations about like. So do we like tell the neighbors <laughs> that what there's if- going to be the labor and the delivery? And then it was like, do you have to ask your apartment building? Like, do you get, right. to get permission to have a baby in yeah, there? Like, right. where do you put the tub? Where does the tub go out? What if I'm a like, screamer? Yeah, yeah, yeah for Just sure. Some of those kind of things that you don't think about 
you yeah. know, unless you're unless you're putting your labor context to your own house. Yeah. You can hear your neighbors doing the dishes. I'm sure they can hear you having a baby. For sure. So. Yeah, it's funny. I asked one of my neighbors. I was like, he's, well, yeah, he, he saw the sign that the midwives, they leave on the door. Like, this mom just had a baby and deduced that, like, I had the baby there. And he was like wow, you had a home, you had the baby at the apartment. I was like, yeah, did you hear me? <laughs> did you ever hear me? He's like, no, I didn't hear anything. It's good to Maybe know. he was gone. I don't know. Because <laughs> I definitely made noise. So <laughs> I was not quiet. Yeah. yeah. I know that didn't, uh, that didn't, um, yeah, I wasn't too concerned about it, I guess. I mean, having my second in our house now, was much more comfortable, yeah, but it was, I don't regret doing it, yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that shows w- what your motivation for doing it was, because I think a lot of people would only choose to birth at home if they felt like they had the most ideal possible mm-hmm. setting and, you know, all mm-hmm. of the, all of the details were going to be just perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. I know, for me, that's been a factor in the past when I've considered home birth. I've, you know, mm-hmm. I've discarded the idea because it didn't, f- the, you know, the actual place. physicality of the place didn't feel right. And and mm-hmm. I've recently had a conversation with a friend who, you know, is, who's considered home birth but is making the same choice based on, like, a roommate situation. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I think it, it just highlights really both your motivation and your commitment to to that, you know, yeah. to that model into that experience mm-hmm. regardless of the details of your tiny apartment or yeah. you know any of those things so yeah totally yeah I, yep I definitely was in it <laughs> maybe more more than was I mean it was it was good I think when you consider doing something like that having a home birth unmedicated you really have to be in it yeah (laughs) because it's no joke for sure yeah did you do a lot of preparation I assume that Laura yeah was did a good job in getting helping you get ready for everything but what was what was that like um yeah it was so before labor just yeah just yeah I mean any any preparation you did while you were pregnant to prepare yeah, so at Alma, they have you, they give you like a list of home birth supplies. Mm-hmm. And you, so we got all of those. We rented the tub. Or wait, did we rent it? Did I think you rent rented it. it? Yeah. yeah for, I think we rented it from Alma. And um, yeah, I got all the supplies like lots of baby blankets, gauze, arnica tablets. Towels and towels, towels so and many towels. towels. <laughs> yeah, um, and then you like put them, put all your supplies like in boxes and mm-hmm. like label the boxes like, mama, baby, postpartum. I don't remember all the details, but yeah. So yeah, there was a there is more prep maybe than for a home birth. It's not hard, but yeah. it's I think if anything, it's it's really cool. Like you're you're. Pre- you're like being proactive. It just like the whole, yeah, you know, model. Like you're being proactive and you're like getting your place ready. It connects you to the experience yeah. that you're gonna have for sure. Yeah, a little exactly. more ownership in some ways. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I liked that. And then Laura came to our apartment several times and had us do these like ice tests that were really good. That was like the thing that I remember the most was the ice where you put your hand in ice cold water for however long she says. And each time you do it, you, um, you use a different way of coping Hmm. with um, the pain that you're experiencing, discomfort. Um, so that was that was cool to learn, like, to do it with, with my husband and learn how he coped with pain, how I coped, how, yeah. you know, the differences. Um, and then and then the midwives came for a home visit, um, like, a month before um, the baby came. It was, like, 37 weeks or something, so... So, yeah, there were several things that we did to prepare. I was reading all the stories, preparing for all the, every eventuality. Yeah. I felt more prepared my first with my first than I did with my second, really. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. In that preparation, did you <clears throat> sort of go through the process of considering what Plan B looked like if you did end up needing a hospital transfer or... Any, you know, yeah, different outcome of or any um, different direction of care. Yeah. There wasn't a ton of that with my midwives. Um, again, I think just because there was this trusting, you know, relationship there. But, um, but they did, I think they did go through briefly what it would look like mm-hmm. if there was a transfer situation, yeah. like at the time of labor. Yeah. Um, but they didn't talk about it a ton. No. Mm-mm. And did you spend any time thinking about like, if I did end up in a hospital transfer situation, like you mentioned not having like a, you know, a written birth right, plan because right. you, you were just on the same page with your midwives. Yeah. What, did you ever like go through any of those things? Like if I do end up in the hospital, like here are, you know, some of the, the preferences that I would have mm-hmm. in that setting, if those, you know, if those yeah. even end up being applicable, depending on the situation. Yeah. I remember talking with my, it was mainly, um, I talked to, to my midwives and asked them, you know, will you be there? Mm-hmm. Um, can you, if it, if it ends up being a cesarean birth, you know, can you come in there, come in the OR? Like, you know, I remember asking yeah. those types of questions and, um, at the hospital, well, let's see. Yeah, at Legacy, they have a, more of a relationship with. So yeah. they um, would be able to be pretty present with me, I remember them saying. So I was be, so because of that, I wasn't too concerned about the details, I mm-hmm. guess. And I think in the end, I, I was really trusting, I don't know, I was trusting that it was going to be okay. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't expecting that to be an outcome. No, no. Um, even though I knew it could, um, I knew, I think, you know, also like because of the midwives that I had, I knew that if I did end up in the hospital that, that I really did need to be there and that Mm -hmm. it was, yeah, that it was, you know necessary and good that I was there and I think that gave me a lot of peace of mind because I trusted 
Yeah, I think it's a really good reflection on that kind of trust relationship you've talked about. If yeah. You aren't you aren't future second guessing their suggestions. Yeah. 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 But you know, I think some of that too is just how different people prepare for scenarios. Yeah. I think yeah. there are some people who want to run the scenario to the very end and they want to know exactly yeah. what the three paths mm-hmm. would be. We've talked uh-huh. about this on the show before. Like some people want to know at every decision what what would be uh-huh. what would be the decision you needed to make and what you know you want your partner to know exactly what that would be but i think this is again just a good reflection on what it's like to trust someone and trust mm-hmm. a provider mm-hmm. i wanted to move on and talk a little bit about your labor with uh, your first and um kind of what that was like and maybe yeah. early labor and then as you yeah. got more active into labor yeah so um the one way that I did prepare, I mean, I, I prepared a lot, but as far as the labor goes, I um, I had heard that first-time moms tend to have longer labors. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I... That's, true story. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very true. Um, so I, I knew that it was possible I could have a fast labor, but I knew it was unlikely. And I prepared for that. Definitely. Like I just expected that it would be long and it was long. So, um, I don't know. Again, yeah. Like you said, everybody prepares differently. I think it was really good that I, I thank myself for that because I wasn't disappointed. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is what I thought. Yeah. It was, I didn't, I don't know if I thought it would be that long, but, (laughs) but I (laughs) tell long, how long was it? (laughs) Excuse me. Um, I had a very, I had like a podromal labor. Mm -hmm. So a lot of like night, you know, difficult night contractions that would back off during the day. Mm -hmm. So it was like, it was three nights of intense contractions. Mm -hmm. Um, So however you want to figure that, I guess three days-ish. But during the day I had a lot of breaks. Yeah. But at night they were often, they were consistent and they were hard for me. Um, so it was a marathon for sure. And, um, my water was broken too. It broke the first thing before any contractions. Um, so I think a lot of people were a little on the outside, like friends were a little like, wait a second, isn't that bad to have your water be broken, you know, that long? Mm-hmm. Um, cause that, you know, contractions started Friday night and I had her Monday afternoon Um, so, you know, I mean, my midwives definitely, like I was taking my temperature regularly and they were checking on me daily and there was no signs of an infection or anything that was wrong. So we proceeded and, um, yeah. So Laura came the second night. I think it came on Saturday. Saturday night. Yeah. She was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I... She, I could not have done it without her. I think, you know, going back to a, a question you asked a while back, um, as far as a critique maybe of the midwives is, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's hard to critique them though, because. That's okay. Anyway, I mean, it's hard to <laughs> just because like they. You We're know, not going to send this episode to them. <laughs> different um, roles. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. I, um, I'm really grateful that I got a doula. Some people. You know, they're like, well, you had a home birth, you know, why would you need a doula? Like, your right. midwives are super hands-on. They are. 
but they really weren't there until yeah. the end. And um, and I guess I didn't realize that, um, you know, going into it. But in my mind, though, you know, even though I thought they'd be there for more, I was like, yeah, doula, like, bring them all in. Like, I need mm-hmm. all the help that I can get. <laughs> all the I was pretty, um, even though I'm, you know, more private and introverted, like, as far as birth goes, I knew this was going to be the hardest thing I ever did. And I wasn't going to pretend that it wasn't going to be. Yeah. So I was like, I will definitely take all the help. So, you know, Laura was really, Laura and my husband were there, you know, most most of the time, more than the yeah. midwives. The midwives came, you know, like at 10 Monday morning. I mean, they came, like, one of them would come and check on me, like, my mm-hmm. vitals and stuff every day. But as far as, like, when the baby was, they didn't come, come, like, all three until the baby was coming. And, yeah, it was just a few hours before she was born. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, on Sunday night, you know, this this horrible just contractions again. So, you know, Monday morning I thought, <clears throat> well, I guess they're going to subside again. Like, I didn't know when the end was going to be. And you don't. You never do. And... I was, yeah, Sunday morning when they subsided again, I was pretty disappointed. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I didn't, a lot of people ask me, like, you know, did you think about transferring? Like, and I really didn't. I really was like, she's going to come out, like, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I think my midwives, they were, they, I remember talking to them on the phone Sunday and, um, my lead midwife was Stephanie was like, I could tell just by the questions she was asking that she was getting a little concerned, I guess. Um, just on Sunday, this on is Sunday, on Sunday, on yeah. Sunday. So she was born Monday and this is Sunday. Just like she wanted to know that I was going to be rested enough to push the baby out. I think yeah. she really... Um, was concerned about not not my coping with the pain so much as um, you know my stamina and my. Were you getting tired. any rest during the nights in between contractions? So like sometimes five minutes, sometimes, and they were like every five minutes, maybe sometimes ten, but pretty regular. So not not a long stretch of sleep. Like they would wake me up, but I when I did sleep. I was like sleeping, mm-hmm. like I was like dreaming, you know, mm-hmm. and thanks to Benadryl too. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> when the midwives brought in that, when they were like, or that, that idea, they're like, get her some Benadryl. That was yeah. awesome. That really worked for me anyway. Not for everybody maybe, but it helped. Um, so yeah, I was tired. Um, but um, I knew unless something started going wrong, that I was going to do this and I was really committed to it. Um, and it was, yeah. So then Monday morning came and they didn't let up and it was so awesome. They were all so happy. (laughs) Like my contractions are getting worse. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I was like, and I remember Laura asking me, you know, um, is, are these more intense? Do you think, the, you know, and I was like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, they just kept coming and the midwives all came finally. 
that was like so good to see them all there, mm-hmm. you know, because it tells you like, okay, this is going to happen, you know. And um, yeah, and then they kept coming. I never made it into the tub. So you like were filling it, but I was like in transition by the time it was like full and there was no like messing with me then. Mm-hmm. Like I was where I was and that was that. And I even remember like, <laughs> I remember I was like on the side of the, I was like squatting like on the side of the bed and there was like a wardrobe. So it was like not a very, not a lot of room in between the bed and the wardrobe and they couldn't, like, I guess, I mean, I don't really have much recollection, but I guess the midwives couldn't, like, get into a position to, like, safely, to catch like, catch the baby. The baby. Yeah. And they were, like, telling me, like, you need to move. Like, Amber, you need to, we need to move you. And I just, like, couldn't even respond to them. I mean, mm-hmm. I was just, like, an animal and, like, in a zone. <laughs> and so they, like, I was on a sheet. So they, like, pulled the sheet <laughs> around. They pulled me we on, the sheet, her like, on the sheet. <laughs> Like, and I was still squatting. I don't even remember the movement of, like, I don't. I, it's like when a kid falls asleep <laughs> like it and you, like, adjust them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little bit like that. Yeah. It was crazy. So then they got me to the end of the bed, so they had, like, more broom. Um, but I didn't remember. I didn't recall that happening, and they told me that after. And I was like, really? I think I heard you asking me something. Um yeah, and pushing, like, was such a relief to me, I think, because of the length of the first part of my labor. Yeah. Um, like, you know, usually it's a super intense point in a labor and, you know, pretty painful or uncomfortable or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, it was so relieving because of how long it had been, all those yeah. contractions. So it was... I really was able to be present and, like, do it. Um, And it was definitely hard, but I, yeah, I wouldn't have described it as painful, I guess. The contractions, yes. All that, like, nights, yes, Mm -hmm. those were much harder to me. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of women experience relief, certainly not everyone, but, you know, during pushing, I think it's both you know, a combination, obviously, of what's happening hormonally. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, there's that light at the end of the tunnel, and then there's also, like, you have a chance to do something finally. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, For labor sure. just is kind of happening to you, and all of a sudden you have a job. And it's yeah. kind of, it's empowering on many, many levels. Yeah, so. For yeah. sure. For sure. So then yeah. how long did you push for? Not very long, I guess, for a first-time mom, like 45 minutes, so not very long. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel very – it didn't feel really fast, though, either. Um, like, again, because I was able to be on top of the contractions and the pushing. Um, but, yeah, that was that part was shorter, mm-hmm. which, thank God, because <laughs> that would have been the worst, like dealing with, like, a four- or five-, six-hour pushing situation after that long of a, yeah, you know, early and active labor. So, yeah. Yeah. And she came out and my husband was like, he cr- I've never seen him cry so much. And hmm. he's an, and he's not, not a crier either, but he was like sobbing. And I think, you know, for him, it was 
not as hard as it was for me, obviously, but, you know, he was up all those nights. And I think it was just a really, you know, intense experience for him. And it was like 90% joy for Eleanor, like 10% relief it was over. (laughs) Well, maybe 80, 20, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, he was really, yeah, very relieved. And he was amazing. And, yeah, you know, good it's always good on these experiences to give kudos to partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk a lot about how influential a partner can be in helping you be successful. And your husband was very, very supportive. And yeah. I have only fond memories of switching, switching jobs, of pushing on your back, yeah. and taking baby naps, and yeah, Daniel bringing you food, and yeah, sitting yeah. with you in confidence. Yeah. Very beautiful to watch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was super grateful for him and his confidence, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember having lots of conversations with him and being like, you can't waver or you can't, if you waver internally, you can't show me that. Yeah. Because I can't deal with that. Like, I need you to be 100%, like 200% the whole time, (laughs) Um, even if you don't feel that or and and he definitely you know he you know later would did say like I was yeah I was getting a little concerned like just just more for for you like being so tired and and yeah wondering if it would be better to transfer you know but I never saw that ever you know in in his support at all he was he was 100% on board and i think that's with a home birth especially it's important yeah for both people to be in it like mm-hmm. and believe in it and trust it and yeah. for it to work really for um, sure so. yeah it's it's like any any factor or presence that affects the woman's trust and confidence in her own body and in that process yeah. is huge and you know the immense importance of that partner relationship just mm-hmm. magnifies that mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Were you, because that whole process was so long, um, did you, did you feel like you had stamina at the end for pushing? And, mm-hmm. and then, and on, you know, after that, in once she was born, mm-hmm. um, did you get that like kind of, you know, rush of energy and yeah. connection and all of that? Or were you pretty tired? <coughs> Um, yeah, I had, I did have the stamina for pushing. I felt like, yeah, the hormones or something just kind of Mm -hmm. took over and I, um, and the length of it, you know, I don't know, both, um, both of those things I think, um, were on my side. Yeah. The hormones and the length of it, um. I don't know if it had been longer than that, you know, Mm -hmm. who knows if that would have been too much for me. Um, But yeah, I felt like I could do it for sure. And, you know, maybe to the length of it being like, I've gotten this far, like I'm pushing this baby out for sure. You know, Um, it buoyed my confidence, I guess, going through all of that. And then postpartum, yeah, I, it was harder to sleep. Yeah. Cause I, you know, so you know, I was in love with this Mm -hmm. new baby and, 
Um, I think the tired hit maybe like the next day that I was like, oh, wow, I'm, you know, really tired. I actually um, haven't slept in six days. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm a little tired. I'd like to sleep <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. For yeah. six days. Can I sleep for six uh, days? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for sure. Mm. Yeah. So Eleanor was your first. Tell us a little bit about your second birth. And yeah. even if you wanted to say like maybe different ways you prepared or if it was about the same. Or- yeah. Um, well, as far as preparation goes, yeah, I did not prepare as much for mm-hmm. the second time around, which was making me nervous. Um, part, you know, cause I knew how hard this was going to be having gone through it again. I don't know what's worse, like not knowing yeah, or knowing. Yeah, that's a really good question. Like, I don't know. Cause the whole time with Eleanor, I'm like, if I could just know what a contraction felt like, like I just, I just want to know. Mm-hmm. And and then I knew, and it really was not helpful for me, <laughs> like, preparing for June, my second. It, yeah, it did not. So if that helps any women out there, I don't know, that haven't had a baby before, I don't know that it is helpful to know. Um, it Yeah, and then I had this, so I had this, you know, toddler that I was taking care of, so, I, you know, and being pregnant, and I was tired, and so I did wasn't reading as much, you know, just mm-hmm. sheer, I did not have the time that I did before I had kids. Um, so, yeah, and and I think my biggest fear with June, my second, um, was having a, a vastly different birth than with Eleanor. I knew they would be different. And, and so I think, you know, I was just like, can I handle whatever this one's going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I knew I was going to have another, you know, or, you know, plan for another home birth. And so, yeah, and it was vastly different than Eleanor's birth. It was very fast. And um, you did all the you did all the work on the or you put in the time yes, on the first one. I did for sure. And I. And uh, I don't know that fast is better, though. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I have so much empathy now, you know, for all kinds of stories. You know, all, you know, fast, long, they're both incredibly hard. And June's was so excruciating to me. It was so painful, like so much more painful than Eleanor's birth. And um, I don't know if that was because of lack of mental preparation or, you know, I think it was it was just very different, the, the birth, yeah. you know, physically. So, And fast births do tend to be more intense. Those contractions, they they oh mount more God. quickly. It you, was, yeah. yeah. It was so intense. It was – and I was in denial for a lot of it, too, because of my first um, birth. Like, I, yeah, I just, like, didn't believe that it was happening. Mm-hmm. I think as a – I think it was, like, self-protection kind of, you know, like – I can't believe I can't go there because this could be days. Like right. that's what I kept thinking. Like if I go there too soon, then I'm not going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, like I was like out to dinner at like the restaurant down the street from her house, like five o'clock, and she was like born at ten. Mm-hmm. I was like having contractions at the restaurant, and like the waiter kept coming when I was having a contraction, and I was so annoyed, and I was like, <laughs> it was so. Like, they were getting so painful, and it was, like, the worst walk of my life back home. And I was, like – but I would not believe that it was happening. And, like, I was, like, yelling, like, by eight, just, like, 
screaming and just beside myself. And Daniel's like, I think I need to call the doula. I had to hire another doula because this doula wasn't around. (laughs) But, um, and then she like heard me over the phone. She's like, I'm coming right away. Yeah. She like came and she knows. (laughs) Yeah. And she was like with me through two contractions. She's like, we need to call the midwives. And I was like, you're like, no, we're going to call them in three days. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. I was like, no, it's so early. Like, you know, and she's like, no, I'm going to call him. And so she called him and, you know, they got there at like 920 and June was born at like 1010 or something like that. Mm hmm. I think if you have a long first labor, even though logically you know you're you're not likely to have that, that long, long of a right. labor, you just still like you're you're saying like you just can't really accept yeah that it would be that much different yeah yeah and that's you know the length of it being so different and then also the sensations hmm. were so different like they were two different experiences and both empowering and I wouldn't change you know, where I had them or anything like that. But, um, you know, with June, it was, yeah, it was, I would describe it as painful. And with Eleanor, not not necessarily, you know, I don't know. Hmm. Did you experience the same relief when you were pushing with June? No. No. Bummer. (laughs) It wasn't. (laughs) Like, that's that was what was, you know. You were probably looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I wasn't because I wasn't I didn't believe again that it was like happening. And, you know, it wasn't until like the midwives checked me for my, you know, dilation. And I was like, don't tell me, don't tell me, you know, because I knew that it would be like three centimeters or something awful, you know, like that. And negative three. We're so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, we're not going to tell you anything. Your baby has a lot of hair, though. And I'm like, what? Like, I could not believe, you know, I was like nine, basically. And I couldn't, I just could not believe it. And then, you know, pushing happened. And so because I wasn't like, it wasn't a relief necessarily, because I wasn't like there mentally. um, It was just... So everything was just so fast. I couldn't, like, get on top of it. I I just had such a harder time letting go and giving in to the process. Mm -hmm. And with Eleanor, I was able to do that. And I couldn't quite, like, let go. And I remember, you know, being on the ball and one of my midwives being like, you know, do you feel like you have to push? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, how about we get off the ball? Because sometimes, you know, something holding you up like that can take away that sensation to, like, push um, and release. So I got off the ball, and I just was so afraid. I felt so afraid of, like, letting go and, like, that feeling. And it did come, like, Mm -hmm. immediately to push. But I was – I just had such a hard time, like – yeah, just giving into it, I guess, surrendering to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did enough to have the baby, but <laughs> I don't know if I did. It was more like happening, I yeah. guess. Which I didn't love that, I will be honest. I I did not love the lack of control that I felt um, because I had that with Eleanor, and it was mm-hmm. much more – it was better for sure. But um, you can't always – yeah, yeah. the birth that you get. I no, guess, and I'm yeah. I'm curious if you feel like there is anything 
that you would do differently? Because I, my guess is that the answer is no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I wish maybe I could have like read more stories of, you know, birth stories to kind of get me back in that frame of mind. But it was, you know, you're a mom already and Mm -hmm. it's just hard to make that kind of time, which I mean, I did a little bit, but it was like, you know, at eight o'clock at night and I would like fall asleep in the second word, you know, (laughs) so tired. But no, I mean, I don't think there was anything, I guess maybe, you know, it would have been good to allow my mind the possibility of it being faster. Yeah. Um, and maybe hear, maybe ask more women, you know, who've had fast labors mm-hmm. with their stories and really glean from them um, and how to prepare for something like that. Yeah, because it sounds like one of the most positive aspects of your first birth was that you that you did go in with the right yeah. expectation about that it could take a long yeah, time and that that sure. really benefited you to be in that frame of mind. So yeah, yeah, no, I could see that being yeah for sure. I do think like as just a birth observer that there is something about that the strong fast labor where it is like diving diving into the deep end it's it's a different kind of I feel like you know watching you with Eleanor it's like you got to kind of wade into the process Mm -hmm. we found a good rhythm we found things that worked we stuck with them almost to like a fault where it was just like should we change it up? It seems like it's still working. Is it still working? Yeah. I think we're doing a good job, yeah, everybody. Yeah. And when people come and and experience labor in that kind of fast pace, you do almost have that where you're like, you're in it, but you can't see that you're in it. Yeah. And so it's like the things that you might have done to cope yeah. really shift and they kind of become more responses to what's already happening. Yes. Which is what yeah. I was kind of hearing and what you were saying too. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard to hard to prepare for both. It yeah. is, so. yeah, for sure. And that's the thing, like, no matter <coughs> how many birth stories you read or how many moms you talk to, like, you you can't possibly prepare for every variation and every, yeah, yeah. And, and not even, like, complication, but just, like, the, the different mm-hmm. ways that birth experiences are yeah. for, for women. And, you know, you also can't remove the the built-in data that you're going into it with from mm-hmm. your first birth, like mm-hmm. that's just an, it just changes the playing field entirely. And there's yeah. no way to un, there's no way to remove that data. There's no way to be like, this is a fresh experience. And I have, I, I am just a blank slate open for, you know, yeah, open to interpretation and open to experience like you, that data is built in. And mm-hmm. even though you had a, a positive, yeah. but challenging first birth, it's still like, it's that, that stuff is hardwired and it just like it's it's impossible to undo it yeah yeah. for sure yeah did you was your was your first daughter there for the birth of your second um she wasn't so yeah that was something that we talked a lot about um before and so my daughter was three and a half when june was born so young but definitely old enough to understand that we were having a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked a lot. I, yeah. I talked to her a lot about birth and labor and um, framed it positively, but, um, but yeah. And I, but I just wasn't sure like how she would do, I guess. 
Yeah, it's a it's a tricky age yeah. to know. <clears throat> yeah, so I wish she'd been a little bit older, like five or something. Mm-hmm. That would be different. Like now, like her age now, I'm like, wow, she is a lot different than she was, you know, then. Um, I'm able to understand a lot more. Um, so I asked my midwives about it, and, you know, they were accommodating to whatever I wanted, but... Um, Definitely to have, but they were encouraging to have a person that was in charge of her. Yeah. That's not my husband, not my doula. Yeah. Like somebody else that I would feel comfortable with being there if I wanted Eleanor to be there. The other thing, too, is like, you know, I could have had her at, well, I did have her at night. I could have had her even later. Mm -hmm. Do I want to wake Eleanor up for that? I mean, some people would, and that's, yeah, I don't know. Worried about waking her up, like, with my labor. And um, so I was on the fence. And then, you know, in the end, I decided I'd have, if if um, it worked out, um, I would have Daniel's mom come get Eleanor and, and take her. Because the other thing was, is, like, you know, thinking if it was going to be long again, like, you know. Yeah. Obviously she can't be around for that long, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. So with you not engaged with her, yeah, yeah she's not exactly. going to sit around for three days. No, mom's busy. Yeah. 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 B- very busy. Very busy. <laughs> That's the right word for it. Busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they ended up coming, you know, when we got home from the restaurant, um, like eight, eight or well, actually we got home from the restaurant and I knew then that, like, I didn't want to be alone in the pain anymore, and I needed Daniel. And so Daniel was like, I need to call my mom then, you know, have mm-hmm. her come get Eleanor. So they came around 8, and um, they got her. And I was, you know, I I was not able to even hold it together with them there, which is saying a lot, you know. <laughs> so, so... They got her, and so they took her home. And I remember Eleanor, like, making, like, hearing me and making those sounds, like, imitating me, mm-hmm. which was, I remember thinking was super sweet, but also, like, I had a lot of anxiety about it. Yeah. I told her a lot to prepare her. I told her, you know, this is going to be super hard work. Like, that's kind of how I framed it for her. Like, this would be really hard work for mom, and I might need to make sounds, and that's not bad, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's good. That's helping mama. And um, those are, you know, just like when, you know, Papa lifts something heavy, he makes the sound, you know, or whatever. Right. I tried to help her understand a little bit. And so I don't think she was – then she came in and saw me and she, like, put her hand on me. And I knew she was, you know, concerned but not afraid, just, like – she didn't really want to leave me, which was very cute and um, intuitive. I think kids are really intuitive and um, no more than maybe we think they do. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so she was hesitant to leave, but they, you know, then went went with her grandparents. So no, she wasn't she wasn't there when she was born. But I mean, she did she did observe a fair amount of your she labor. She did, yeah, because it was you know it was quickly happening. Yeah. yeah. She did, for sure. So I don't know. I wonder if she'll... I don't know if she'll remember that or internal... I wonder how she'll internalize it, but... Hopefully <laughs> not negatively. <laughs> hopefully positively. Sure. 
Yeah. She gets to and she gets to relearn it as you tell it to her. Yeah, totally. I think it's really cool that she gets to be a part of her sister's story too. Yeah. Throughout either of these birth experiences, postpartum experiences, mm-hmm. and or even just during pregnancy or or before, mm-hmm. um, when did you feel like you became a mother? That's a good question. Um, I. I feel like when I found out I was pregnant with Eleanor, yeah, mm-hmm. when I took the test, um, it was a big, I mean, it was a weight, not a bad weight, but it was, I don't know if it was because Eleanor was, she was not planned. Um, so it was, it was shocking, um, for me. She, I mean, we knew we wanted to have kids, just not as yeah. soon as we did. Um, so I don't know if it was that that I was feeling the weight of it so much because of that or um you know realizing like whoa I'm I will be a mother like likely you know mm-hmm. um and and already yeah I've kind of felt that way for sure like you know even if I had miscarried or I still was I would have been a mother yeah. you know mm. I think um, just that, yeah, feeling like there's this, this being that's a part of me that I'm responsible for right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that would be my answer, I guess. Yeah. I mean, obviously, as I became more pregnant and had the baby it becomes much more real. Yeah. Um, for sure. But that feeling, that realization hit me pretty quick, I think. Anything else you wanted to share? I think that covers a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And- thanks for sharing just your heart. And it was, like I mentioned earlier, it was just really beautiful to see like what what really drew you to home birth and and kind of why you did that and how it obviously was a a positive experience for you and something that you know really was able to to be the right you know to be like the right kind of experience for Mm -hmm. you so Mm -hmm. yeah it's very it's always encouraging to hear those stories yeah Yeah, thanks for for joining us today thank you Thanks for listening to Mother Birth and being a part of this community. We'd love for you to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to rate us in iTunes, which helps other listeners find us. We'd also love to hear from you at motherbirth.co if you have any ideas for topics for us to cover or if you'd like to be on the show. I think it goes without saying, but Mother Birth is a personal podcast created by Lara and Lisa. It's intended as general information. It doesn't constitute or substitute medical advice of any kind. You should always consult with your primary care provider with respect to your medical care. If you're pregnant planning on becoming pregnant or in the postpartum period.